This week, Bloomberg ran another story regarding the often-rumored, beefed-up Nintendo Switch that we have been hearing about for some time now. Whether it's called the Switch Pro, the Switch XL, the new Switch, or something else, it certainly seems like it's coming sooner or later. Nintendo is a company that has a formula, and when that formula works well, they like to repeat it, which is why before jumping right into the latest speculation of the Switch iteration, I think it seems like a good idea to look at the company's recent history to give us a better understanding of what is to come. This is the Video Games Podcast. Nintendo has been known for the Blue Ocean strategy since the success of the Wii, an underpowered and seemingly gimmicky system. However, that didn't stop it from becoming one of the company's best-selling systems ever because it was extremely fun and different. It occupied its own space in Blue Ocean waters. Nintendo didn't invent the term, but it did popularize it. According to author W. Chan Kim, you are creating uncontested market space and making the competitor irrelevant. Breaking it down into simple terms, a red ocean is a very competitive market with lots of blood in the water from too many sharks swimming around and competing over the same chum. Now, this would be Sega and Nintendo for many years in the early 90s, Nintendo and PlayStation in the late 90s, and even today with Xbox and PlayStation. These companies are all essentially competing for the same customer with a very similar product. A Blue Ocean is looking at what area in the market is free of competition. Nintendo realized this in the early 2000s with the release of the Wii that offered something very different from what Microsoft and Sony were offering. They're still following this strategy to this day with the Nintendo Switch, a console that doesn't compete on power, but instead on the flexibility of having a system that can be interchangeably used as a handheld and a home console. Since April 21st, 1989, Nintendo has basically been a two-pillar company that splits focus on handheld and home console with the introduction of the Game Boy and its subsequent iterations. This method has obviously worked excellent for the company as the handhelds that Nintendo has released have all gone on to become massive successes. The original Game Boy sold almost 120 million, which is even more impressive when you factor in that the late 80s and the early 90s gaming wasn't cool like it is today. The Game Boy Advance didn't do as well as the original, but it still sold a little over 80 million. The biggest hit of Nintendo's handhelds would be the Nintendo DS, which would go on to sell 154 million units. Now, following in the same pattern of the Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance, the 3DS sold just over 75 million, which is fantastic, but just not as good as its predecessor. Even though Nintendo still has a dedicated handheld in production, the new 2DS XL, Gaming production has all but come to an end, and the main reason they keep the new 2DS XL around is basically because it offers consumers a very cheap way to get into the Nintendo ecosystem, as the handheld sells only for around $100 at retail if you can find one. As Nintendo Switch became a great hybrid system, it essentially cannibalized the handheld Nintendo market, leaving the Nintendo Switch as the main handheld system for the company, especially if you now consider the Switch Lite. The question is, what patterns can be found from their past iterations on handhelds that might give us a better overall idea of release timing and features that could be coming to the new Nintendo Switch Pro? The original DS was introduced in November of 2004 and would follow it up with three iterations all spaced two years apart. Two years after the release of the original DS, Nintendo released the DS Lite, and two years after the release of that, the DSi, and then 
Two years after that, the release of the DSi XL. The introduction of the 3DS seven years after the release of the DS in March of 2011 started a new system and a new cycle of iterations. This one is a little trickier to find a pattern due to the release of the 2DS in 2013 and having parallel iterations on the hardware, but generally, it looks like Nintendo updates about every two years. As for what the actual changes Nintendo has made with broad strokes with their history of handhelds, the first change to the DS was the DS Lite, which as the name states was lighter, slimmer, but also included a brighter screen and a better battery. The DS Lite would account for almost two-thirds of total DS sales with almost 95 million units. The third iteration of the DS would be the DSi, and that would include cameras but remove the Game Boy Advance port. And the first iteration of the 3DS was the 3D XL, which was essentially a pro version with bigger screens, more removable storage, and better batteries. The critical and commercial success that is the Nintendo Switch launched in March of 2017, and about two and a half years later, the first revision of the system was released in September 2019 with the Switch Lite. It's unable to be docked, it has a smaller screen, and the Joy-Cons are permanently attached. And looking at Nintendo's past, they either take two roads. They either make the handheld lighter and smaller while removing some functionality. The other path they take is to create a Pro version or XL version which includes better tech and a bigger size than the original. Nintendo has already taken the path of the lighter and less functional system with the Nintendo Switch Lite, and this likely leaves one scenario for the next iteration of the Switch, and that brings us to the story from Bloomberg. The article starts off by saying that Nintendo is likely to step out of the way this holiday for Sony and Microsoft and their next generation consoles. COVID-19 seems to have affected Nintendo more than Microsoft and Sony this year. Stepping out of the way this holiday also fits in line with the Blue Ocean strategy that Nintendo has been following for decades now. Customers' attention will likely be on the next generation consoles with all the powers and new features that they will have. Nintendo trying to compete would be a waste of money as the Nintendo Switch would look very underpowered when compared. We all know that Nintendo does not focus on power but instead on the experiences that they can create. The article has stated from inside sources that the system is not likely to enter production until next year due to the fact that the current manufacturing is busy with making the current models, since they are still trying to match the demand for the Switch that we have seen in 2020 so far. Now, assuming that the average time from start of production to store shelves is around three to four months, and we're looking at a minimum of March 2021. Anonymous sources from Nintendo said that this iteration will likely include 4K high-definition graphics and more computing power. And all of this information isn't that surprising as we have been hearing speculation about a stronger Switch for a while now. And it also fits in line with Nintendo's past iterations with their handhelds. And since we have already seen a Switch Lite in 2019, it seemed inevitable that we would get a Switch Pro. Based on their past, it seems unlikely that all we will get is 4K display and increased power as it is most likely will include better components as well. It would be nice to have Bluetooth headphones as an option to name an improvement that I would like to see. And 2021 also falls in line with their pattern of every second calendar year of releasing an iteration. It seems like 2020 has been a great year for Nintendo in a business sense. Now I am sure that they would have preferred to have a more regular cadence for gaming releases, but with the release of Animal Crossing, Paper Mario, and Xenoblade Chronicles that have all seen a different amount of success, things could have been a lot worse. Now in terms of hardware, despite manufacturing disruptions from COVID-19, Switch and Switch Lite consoles have been flying off the shelves all year. 
Nintendo entered the year with a share price of just under 50 and currently has a value of just under 70, which is an increase of value of around 40%. Looking at factors like COVID-19 and next-generation consoles from the competition, it makes sense that Nintendo's release schedule for premium first-party titles has been as dry as the Wii U days. The good news is that unlike the Wii U, Nintendo is likely to support the Switch in a similar format to the DS, which has been backed by Nintendo for almost 15 years. At this rate, and with a DS level of support, Nintendo is likely to surpass Wii sales and might even surpass the DS sales, which is the best-selling Nintendo system of all time. The other bit of good news is that it sounds like the dry spell this year should be offset by a monsoon of games next year. According to the article, the Switch Pro would be coupled with or followed by a slew of games from Nintendo itself and related studios. This approach of new first-party software combined with a reinvigorated hardware would likely keep the momentum going for Switch sales. The Switch Lite, which launched in late 2019, has amassed 8.82 million units sold as of the end of June 2020, which is a pretty decent amount considering that the system has been on the market for less than a year and already accounts for around 15% of total Switch sales. The most likely candidate to launch with a new and powerful Switch that would give people a reason to either buy a Switch for the first time or upgrade from their day one system would be Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever the sequel would be titled. The article also states a slew which leaves the door open for more than just the next entry in the Zelda series. Likely candidates could be the next entry in the Mario Kart series as there hasn't been an original entry in that series since 2014 or possibly the remastered Metroid Prime trilogy that would help satiate fans until Metroid Prime 4 as we are likely still a few years away from seeing the final product since the game was restarted in early 2019. Even a new 2D Metroid in the vein of Samus Return style would be a massive hit as we have seen giant success from similar style games like Hollow Knight, Dead Cells, and Ori. The list goes on and on when you are trying to determine what games from Nintendo and third party would be part of the slew. The mind starts to wonder if the Switch gets a much stronger version, then maybe it has the capabilities to run games that would seem unfathomable today on the Switch. Something along the lines of Cyberpunk 2077 comes to mind with a stronger Switch, and we have already seen CJ Projekt Red bring over The Witcher 3. Yes, the port was handled by a different studio, and yes, it wasn't the best version of the game, but I think the sacrifices made to make an experience like that portable is very worth it to some people. That's all for this week's episode of the Video Games Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you are looking forward to a new Switch Pro or whatever else Nintendo has to offer with a reinvigorated 2021. As always, remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. Mm -hmm.